friends. I'm Alicia. I'm Ashley. And we are Murd Nerds. Hi guys. Um, we hope you enjoyed our non-conventional first episode. Thank you guys for the continued support and we appreciate all of you. Thank you. Um, so this week, it's just going to be me sharing the story that I am researching. Um, next week is supposed to be Ashley's, but she's got some personal issues, so she's not going to um, have an episode. My sister's graduating from AIT training in the military. <laughs> so we're not going to have an episode next weekend, but we're hoping that we will have another one soon. Um, now that we've introduced who we are, we wanted to give you uh, just a couple episodes before we're able to get into the studio. It's currently under construction, but... We're still going to be doing it from home, so we'll be able to get some out, and we're looking at being in the studio probably by the beginning of the year. Um, in the meantime, you can follow our production studio, Golden Image Radio, on Facebook. I'll make sure that I put some links in the um, page notes and um, on our social media. Um, it's not just for podcasting. They run out for music recording, YouTube recording, um, and they create music themes for literally anything they did a a friend's D theme and it was really awesome so like a jingle yeah they wanted to have like a theme to it was a power rangers based D campaign oh my god yeah it was pretty cool though like they definitely took the power rangers theme and then like made it their own i really really liked it cool. so um speaking of i need to get with skylar i gotta get like a character right a yeah D&D. for our campaign yeah, yeah. okay yeah i do that um so <laughs> Sorry about um, that. Did you turn your phone on silent? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Ashley, how was your week? My week was chaotic. My morning was more chaotic. <laughs> um, actually, last night, me and my friend Nina went to see Kansas at the Lerner Theater in Elkhart. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful theater. We love going there. Um, <clears throat> Kansas, Wow. I was blown away. They, it was so good. So much violin. Their keyboard player was playing two different, like... Keyboards? Yeah, but, really? like, two different... I don't even know. It was, like, two different things at the same time. Imagine being able to do stuff with both of your hands at oh, the same time. Oh, his hands were moving so fast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what'd you do last night after that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so we were really amped up after the concert. We decided to go get some drinks. Uh-huh. And a lot of things happened. There's a giant L in my car. L being... Lipper. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. I lost my debit card. We almost got into a fight with a girl. <laughs> I made a Dr. Evil joke to her boyfriend, and he didn't laugh. And so I was like, I'm funny. Like, why aren't you and laughing? And she got like, mad about that. Yeah, she's like, why are you talking shit to my boyfriend? And, oh, my you know, God. Which I don't know who she was. Everybody was drinking. She was probably drunk. And she yeah. seemed a little bit younger. So I was just like, I'm not going to get into a fight. So we just left the bar. And it was pretty chaotic. And then I found, what did I find? I found a Mountain Dew on the trash can yep, outside. an unopened Mountain Dew. Yeah, mm-hmm. must have forgot about that one. So I got my booster vaccine for my COVID shot. Nice. And I had a headache. So I didn't go out with Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> she it called was, me and harassed me to go messy. out, but I didn't go. I got to get my booster, too. I'm telling you, those strike force teams. Yeah, I need to set something up. 
Okay. All right. So let's just jump right into this episode. Um, so this is our first official episode. Like, it's our first actual case that we're covering. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I know. I'm really nervous. So forgive me if I stutter or say I'm a lot, but I'm going to try to... I'm gonna try my best. I wish I had like an up, like a top lip. Your top lip is so juicy. <laughs> Thanks. And it's fake. So sad. I overdrew my lips. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a little crusty because this is a matte lipstick. I can't lipstick. even tell. It looks really nice. Thanks. Good job. Thank Good you. Job. Love you. I'm gonna start overdrawing mine, but I think you'd be able to tell. <laughs> Ashley's got little bird lips. Yeah. So. My bottom one's okay. Ish. So a couple months ago, when I was writing out the list of cases that I wanted to look into, I ended up on the Indiana State website for unsolved cases. And there are three for our particular area's police uh, state posts. Yes, I saw those. Yes. And I looked into all three of them, wrote them down. And for whatever reason, this case continues to stand out for me. And um, while I was doing research on another case, I found the playing card set. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but some states do this. I I know Indiana is one of them. But they create playing cards of missing people and unsolved cases and send them to prisons. I have heard that. Isn't that so weird? I think that's cool. Yeah. Just to yeah. see if they can get the prisoners to start gossiping and, and yeah. get some hints and tips and stuff mm-hmm. about all these people. Because, um, I mean, seeing that person's face or hearing that story and if you're the murderer or you know somebody that did yeah. this, yeah. you're going to start talking. Yeah. Um, so I ended up. Finding the playing card set, and it was one of the first ones in the whole deck on the main screen, and it wasn't even one of the first cards. It just popped up. So I'm like, okay, I just keep getting drawn to this case. I've got to do it. And then you sent me a screenshot of the Indiana.gov website, Yeah, and, and there sent, was that case. Yeah, I, sent, I think I sent you a screenshot of that, just that case, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm like, okay, because I texted you back and said, this case is crazy. And then I told you not to do it because yeah. I was, I was yeah. going to do it. Yeah, that was like the um, next day. Yeah, so I woke up that day and I wanted to start researching this case because I just could not get it off my brain. Um, so I completely switched paths to, from what I was doing. And I'm going to do the case that I was doing later on. But That's odd because I did the exact same thing. I have a case all researched and ready to go, but I decided yep. I'm going to put it on the back burner and I changed it, and I picked a different case yeah. for my first one as well. Well, I just, if you're drawn to these cases, there's a reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, let me tell you, there's not much about this case that I looked into, that I, that this episode, there's so little information about there, out there. It's scary how little there is. Um, but I'm going to share everything I have. Ashley has no idea what I'm doing. Well, she does. I do, yeah, because I sent you that thing. Yes, but I, yes. I, I, I did take not look into Excuse it. Excuse me. She, yeah, she doesn't know anything the about the case. The only thing I know is his first name. name. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, his picture. Yeah. <laughs> you, the picture is on the, the yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so this is the unsolved murder of Lawrence Howard Groves, who went by Larry. Uh, my sources are the Indiana.gov website, a blog called Dark Matter, r slash un slash unresolved murders on Reddit, a newspaper article by the South Bend Tribune. I couldn't find any local news articles or even an obituary for him. Now, I don't want to butt into your story, but is this out of... How local is this? Lakeville. Okay. Lakeville, Indiana. So this isn't too far from us. This is about eight miles away. Yeah. None of the local news places. I couldn't find anything on their websites. 
Um, like I said, I couldn't even find an obituary. I did find um, like a legacy.com or findagrave.com uh-huh. for him. And it's undisclosed where his body is. Like where if he's buried, if he's been cremated, it doesn't say. It just says unknown. That's weird. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if sometimes the obituaries can get archived, like, yeah, digitizing it. Well, again, but but when did it happen? Like what year was it? Not long ago. Oh, I was going to say they usually are backlogged. Like Mm -hmm. they don't have anything from like the eighties back. It's usually just the nineties to today. Yeah. It's not that long ago. Wow. Okay. That's weird. Patience. Patience, Iago. Okay, so Lawrence Howard Groves, or as he went by Larry, was born July 10th, 1962, to Wanda and Donald Groves of South Bend, Indiana. He had several siblings, including Robert, who passed away in 2012, Richard, and Pamela. Uh, The pictures I found of Larry, he's a very handsome guy. Slim build, tan, blonde white hair. He looked like a fun dude. Yeah, he seemed to like to sport a pair of amber-tinted glasses, and he wore hoop earrings in both of his ears. There's one picture I found of Larry that was in the newspaper article for the South Bend Tribune, and I just love this picture because he just looks so happy. He's smiling. He's got his glasses on. Um, he just seemed like a really warm person. Um, Larry was a very frank, no-nonsense kind of person from what his friends and family said. He was very black and white, and you either liked him or you didn't. But he was a giver, and he would help anyone he could. Larry was someone who could depend. you could depend on. He didn't have a lot of friends due to keeping a low profile, but he was best the best friend he could possibly be to the friends that he did have. Larry was a vegetarian, and he loved animals. He loved his dogs and would often take home leftovers from any dinner he went with friends with, or Aww. he called them his girls. And he adoringly uh, kept them for, he had them, like, for years. Um, they went with him places. Most, they... most people have their bags for years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but he took him places, and, like, people knew that he he had three dogs, and then one of them passed away, and then um, he had the remaining two. Um, he liked to wear a lot of jewelry. He liked to wear fur coats. And he just overall seemed like a really fun and carefree kind of guy. Yes, he do. Yeah, he seemed just fun. Um, in 1979, when Larry was 17, he moved from South Bend, Indiana to Lakeville, Indiana to live with his partner, Tom Bennett. In 1980, Lakeville had a population of about 629 residents, and even now it's only boasting a population of less than 900. Indiana is a very conservative state, especially within all the small towns, and Larry and Tom weren't really accepted by others because of their unconventional lifestyle. And it's often reported that Larry would handle the brunt of the abuse because he wasn't as aggressive as Tom and was considered more, and I quote, effeminate and non-confrontational. So um, people probably thought thought that he was more of the weaker of the two mm-hmm. kind yeah. of like thing. He was more feminine. The relationship. Yes, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. like yeah. using, that's not how obviously we feel about yeah, that, no, but no. to other people, they're going to call him feminine and weak or whatever. Yeah. Just because people are rude so and he nasty. Got, yeah, he got more yeah. like, backlash. Yes. And, okay. Um, Larry and Tom lived together in a bungalow-style home owned by Tom for 23 years. Tom was into high-end antiquing, and he made a business of Same. it. Yeah. That's, well, not high-end. It end. reminds me of your grandpa, how oh, he, yeah. like, always is, was Except for we dumpster dive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he always it. had, like, weird antiques and stuff. Yeah. Um, one and, time no go ahead sorry 
One time, um, my grandpa used to drive this little purple S10. You know this, Alicia. Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> when you leave the door open on an old S10, there's and the keys in it, it makes this really loud buzzing noise. Mm-hmm. And I will save your ears, people. But we pulled over to the side of the road because my grandpa saw a tree in a dumpster. And so he stepped out of his little... We pulled over to the dumpster. He stepped out of his little S10. We're all waiting for him. He leaves the door open. So it's there's a loud ring this whole time. And he proceeds to pick all of the apples off of this tree <laughs> out of the dumpster. And then th- th- those were our snacks for the next week. That's so... Ironically, her grandpa's name is Larry. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is his name. That's his name. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Tom was really into high-end antiquing, and he made a business of it. And in turn, he taught Larry how to antique because he was noted as being a natural and he had an eye for it. They ran a very successful business in, in, together, and they often traveled all over the country to pick up pieces and go to antique shows, do trades. That is my dream job. Wouldn't I that would be so much fun? That. Now, I don't know if they actually had a brick-and-mortar store. I talked to somebody that grew up in Lakeville, and they don't think that they had an actual store, that they just did it from their home. So I don't know if they did it online or there was, like, a network but yeah. from my understanding, they didn't have an actual store. I couldn't find information on it. I looked and looked and looked, could not find information if mm. there was an actual antique store that they had or that they just... It's like private dealers. Type. Yeah, out of yeah. their home kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and even though they were kind of ostracized backhandedly um, for their relationship, they didn't hide who they were. They still went out to dinner together. Um, within the community. They even had a local LGBTQ newspaper titled Partners Rainbow. It was very short-lived, but it was a local little newspaper for... Out of Lakeville? Yeah. That's awesome. And then sadly, in 2001, Tom passed away from a sudden heart attack. Uh, Considering the house he and Larry shared was in Tom's name, the ownership of the home went to Tom's legal next of kin, which was his father, Daryl. I believe it's pronounced Daryl. It's D-E-R-L. Would you assume that's Daryl? Daryl. Daryl. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's Daryl. <laughs> that's yeah, what I would I, think I, is Daryl. Right. Um, and Daryl was really cool with Larry, and he allowed him to continue living in the home that him and Tom shared, despite Tom's passing, stating that he could stay as long as he wanted to. And then Larry continued to run the antiquing business that him and Tom had. I do like your necklace I couldn't look at earlier. Thank you. It's a tarot The card. lovers. Oh, yeah. That's you. really pretty. Thanks. $10 is on it, Amazon. Is that one piece that's yep. wrapped around? Yeah. That's really it's cute. I kept staring at it. I was like, our necklaces are so tangled. <laughs> nope. That's how it's supposed oh, to be. Oh, okay. Cute. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so Larry kept himself busy with the business, often using his truck to run items from here to there, and he continued to live alone, aside from his two dogs, Ruby and Pepper was their names. Ruby and Pepper. Isn't that cute? I love the name Pepper. It's on my I list. I do, too. It reminds me of Pepper Ann. Pepper Ann. Mm-hmm. Oh, Copper Joe. Copper Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, it seemed Larry kept to himself, especially after Tom's passing, because he was understandably heartbroken. Which, who wouldn't be? Yeah, your life partner. I can't even imagine. Yeah. That's awful. why I'll never have one. <laughs> I'll just die alone. I'll be fine. <laughs> I told Roy that um, he's not allowed to die before me. That we have to die together. Yeah. Like, Romeo and Juliet suicide pact. I'm, no, no, no. Nope. Our bodies just have to give out at the same time. Which okay, sucks for okay. our kids. I can but... make this happen for you. <laughs> so next time on Murder, I'll take your kids, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll be doing an episode alone. <laughs> um, so on January 12th of 2003, it was around 11 p.m. at night. 
And Larry was on the phone with one of his good friends, and her name is Sandy Smith from Mississippi. And this was a regular thing within their lives. They often talked several times a week, actively staying in contact. And within 10 minutes of starting their conversation, Sandy recalls that she heard someone banging loudly and shouting angrily on the other end of the call. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Okay. So wait, it was just Larry talking to her? It was Larry. Yeah. Larry was on the phone with Sandy. This is something they did every night. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she could hear in the background someone banging on Larry's door. Okay. completely pissed off. And then the call was ended. Well. Sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. (laughs) They kept saying, like, let me in. And Larry acted like it wasn't a big deal. He said it wasn't a problem. He would handle it. Um... And that he would call her back. But he didn't say who it was. He did say who it was. He did say (gasps) who it was. No, you're fine. He told her who it was and that it wasn't a problem. He would just take care of it. And then he said he would call her back in 20 minutes. And he never called her back. And that was the last time anybody heard from Larry. Can I? What? Who was it? I I guess you're going to have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Over the next few weeks, people started noticing that Larry stopped attending to his antique business his family and friends had not had any contact with him. Neighbors hadn't seen him. Mary and hasn't been getting her phone calls. Sandy. Sandy. <laughs> Sandy Smith from Mississippi. Yep. The alliteration. She started not getting her phone calls. Yeah. Oh. Um, and everyone started to grow really concerned. Larry's mother, Wanda, went to uh, his home, and it was completely locked up. So Wanda reported him missing on January 28th, 16 days after he was last heard from. Police went to Larry's home and upon inspection discovered that not only was Larry missing, but his dogs, Ruby and Pepper, were also missing. There was no sign of Larry, no sign of a struggle, and no clues to where Larry could possibly be. The case pretty much immediately went cold. The one and only piece of information that doesn't hold much water was made by Larry's neighbor, Fred. He stated that he had seen several trucks coming and going from Larry's home around the same time that Larry, since the time Larry was last heard from. But considering Larry's antiquing business, this wasn't abnormal because Larry himself had a truck and would often do business with other people who antiqued. So trucks were constantly coming and going from Larry's house. Um, well, obviously not interacting with him, but it could just be people like stopping by looking for him. Uh, yeah. To buy something. Yeah. They, they don't so, know. Yeah. They don't know who okay. these trucks were. Okay. Um, Fred it told, could be something, could be nothing type of thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fred told the South Bend Tribune, I never walked over there to see who it was. It's too bad we didn't, but we didn't. Police spent hours looking in and around Larry's home for any hidden clues. Considering Larry was 40 years old and there was no sign of foul play or a struggle, maybe they thought, yep, he was only 40 years old. Um, Maybe they thought that Larry left on his own accord and it wasn't heavily pursued, which, as we know, with these cases with adults, there's... They, they're allowed to leave whenever they want to leave. They don't have to tell anybody that they're leaving. Yeah. And that can hinder the case so much, especially when there's no sign of a struggle. There's no sign of foul play. There's no sign of anything. Yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer of like overreact first and, you oh, know, if it's nothing, sure. it's fine. But like I get, I do get where the cops come from, where they don't go in depth with every case because they don't know who... It's like, oh, my daughter would never do that. She's not that type of person. Mm-hmm. Or my son would never do that. He wouldn't just disappear. Like, everybody's going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. So, they, who would, you know, what do they pick? What do they do? And the problem with and that they, is they're missing out on crucial time to yeah, find these people. And the or, resources. Yep. You know. Ugh. Yep. By April, there was still no sign of Larry. So, several months. This happened in January the last time okay. he was heard from. 
Um, So by April, there was still no sign of Larry. His sister Pam decided to go into the home and look for anything the police may have missed, and she found nothing. The it, it continuously with what I did find, they kept saying that the home was immaculate. Yeah, like okay, so it's like he just disappeared in, out of thin air. Like it, it's not like there was like a half-eaten bowl of cereal or something. Nope. It was like oh, that's weird. Yep. Like, like he and almost then his dogs like, are gone for a trip or yep. something. Was his truck? His truck was. I don't know. I can't find. That was something Where's I'm gonna bring his up. Car. Was his truck there when the police went there? There's no... I didn't find anything about where the truck was. Was it or like there? Was it not there? Or like they found it or anything. Yep. Nothing. Mm-hmm. See, well, maybe that's something that they, like, held back just in case. There... Uh, well... Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a but well. So his mom, Wanda, didn't give up hope. Um, but considering the case had no leads and the wait for Larry to return or make some sort of contact was unending... By the end of May, Wanda decided to enter Larry's bungalow and start looking around herself just as her daughter did. Absolutely nothing was out of place or seemed odd to her. She sat at his desk, went through his paperwork, and did whatever she could to find some kind of clue of where Larry was. Nothing was missing, so it's unlikely a robbery. There were no signs that there was an assault due to there not being blood or, you know, things being scattered around the house. It was literally like Larry disappeared out of thin air. Wednesday, June 18th of 2003. Six months. Yeah, five months. About five months later. Okay. Um, Larry's next door neighbor, Dick, noticed a large amount of blackbirds sitting on top of the fence that separated his and Larry's yard. Upon further inspection, he thought maybe it was due to a large overgrown peach tree that was dropping fruit into his yard and Larry's yard. The tree was not taken care of considering Larry, what his absence. Mm-hmm. And was accumulating a ton of bees that were stinging his dog every time he let her into the backyard. So Dick took it upon himself to go and prune the tree and clean up all the rotting fruit and to help deter the birds, the bees, and the other garden pests. While tending to the tree, Dick noticed the back of Larry's house looked odd. The outside of Larry's house is white and yellow, and for some reason it was covered in black, almost if someone had painted the back of the house. I know. Weird, right? I immediately thought fire, but... Oh, I, like I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Dick decided to go into his backyard and take a closer look. And as he walked up, he realized that it wasn't paint, but it was thousands and thousands of big <gasps> bull flies. They covered the siding, the outside and the inside of the windows. They oh, were just no. crawling everywhere. So Dick called Daryl, which... Is Larry's basically his like common landlord. law father-in-law? Oh yeah, yeah. Who owned the That's house? So informal, well, like land or too formal. Well, yeah. I mean, it is kind of his landlord. I mean, he yeah, owns the but, house now that you know Terry passed away. Yeah. Or excuse me, not Terry. Tom. I'm combining their names. Tom oh. and Larry. I think that's Harry. why I said Mary earlier. <laughs> <laughs> too many Aries. Yeah. Um. So he called Daryl, mm-hmm. told him what was going on, told him that they needed to come look and see what was going on with these flies. I would think. Dead animal. A possum, a raccoon. There's all these other blackbirds. Well, but in the, you're right, you're right. I would think that too, because you're never going to think it's something, what, you know, mm-hmm. body. Yeah. <laughs> so when Daryl arrived, he agreed that they should go inside and find out what's causing the swarm. They both entered the home and were hit with a horrible smell. And at this point, Larry's utilities had been shut off for months due to being unpaid. The refrigerator had been abandoned with food still inside, and that combined with hot, muggy summers of Indiana, they chalked so, it up to all the food still in the fridge left to rot. Huh. So Daryl wasn't maintaining, keeping the electric no, and I, stuff on? That's I strange. I looked him up, and he's pretty old. 
So I think he was pretty old at this point. Yeah. And he probably just maintained it himself. Yeah, that just seems strange. Yeah, it does seem strange. To just let the house go like that. Yeah. I don't know, you know, him personally. I don't know if he... You don't know him? I don't know him personally, no. I thought you knew him. (laughs) But I don't know, like, what he did for work. I don't know if it's just something that he couldn't help maintain the house or whatever. He always kind of depended on Larry to take care of it. Yeah. So... Like I said, he's pretty elderly now, so this was, you know, 18 years ago, so it would have been 18 years. 2003, math, uh, that sounds good to me. Sound, I know good at math. I know good either. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 18 because it, it uh, uh, 19, because it's almost 2022. Okay, so yeah, almost three. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um. So they, they chalked up the smell to just being all Actually, the it's almost the 19th anniversary of mm-hmm. him going missing next month. Yeah, next month. Whoa, month okay. Just a couple days after your birthday. A week after your birthday. I bet you can hear me, hear that itch. That's okay. That's a scratch, guys. That's an itchy I itch. My arm itched. <laughs> okay. So they thought it was just the rotting food because the, the utilities have went unpaid mm-hmm. and it's hot and gross in Indiana and yeah, it's humid. Yes. In June, June. Um, shockingly, the food didn't smell as rancid as they suspected. And even after removing it, the smell still lingered in the house. So after searching more to find the cause of the odor, Dick and Daryl came to a spot where Larry's heavy desk sat on top of a huge area rug. I bet he had a bomb ass desk. I bet he did too. Nice I bet he had a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Daryl was extremely familiar with the home considering he lived there prior to giving it to his son. You remember there was a trap door to the below crawl space under the desk and the rug. The men moved the desk and rug out of the way and opened the door. And inside the crawl space, they immediately discovered Larry's badly decomposed body. They immediately called authorities. So it was behind his desk. It was under his desk. Under his desk. It was in the, he was in the crawl space. There was a trap door to the crawl space underneath the area rug. And on top of the so area rug was the desk. somebody who knew his home... <laughs> Pretty intimately, I would think. Okay, sorry. Investigators were unable to conclude Larry's cause of death due to the amount of time he had been there and the rate of decomp due to the heat. What they did discover is that Larry fought off his attacker. There was blood on his clothes that tested to be someone other than Larry's and also chunks of hair in the crawl space and on Larry that wasn't his own hair. When Larry's family had been notified, they were in complete shock and heartache. Who could possibly hurt Larry? Furthermore... They had no idea that there was a trap door to an unknown crawl space. I'm sure it was gr- grut. I'm sure it was gut wrenching, knowing that they had been searching the home relentlessly, all while his body was right beneath their feet. Wanda, his mother, was quoted as saying, "I must have been sitting right on top of Larry." It seems the only people that would have known of the trap door were Daryl, Larry, and the person who took Larry's life. During the investigation, Larry's friend Sandy and family members disclosed the identity of who had been pounding on Larry's door the night he had been last spoken to. But what the family stated, or excuse me, by what the family stated, the man in question had been illegally selling the antiques from Larry's business the entire time he had been missing, even going to the extent of using Larry's own truck to drive into Michigan and sell to other antique dealers. Unfortunately, this is circumstantial and couldn't be proven. Well, maybe that's what you're talking about, the truck. Maybe that's why it's kind of weird because he was, he like stole it and was using it. Essentially, that's what I'm thinking. So. Yeah. His DNA would be all over it. Regardless. Mm-hmm. This led police to believe that they had found their suspect. 
They took the man down to the Bremen State Police Post, about 10 miles away, and began questioning. Detective Don Curl recalled in an interview with the South Bend Tribune that the man was cold and calculated. The man never lost composure and continuously told the police he explained what happened with Larry the night he was there, but he had nothing to do with his murder and wouldn't be speaking to them further until his attorney was present. In 2006, the DNA of the man was compared to the DNA gathered from Larry's body. The DNA didn't match, and the man was concluded as not having any connection to Larry's death. He was perfect, too. That's crazy. Yep. 18 years later, and Larry's murder is still unsolved and seemingly to the public has no leads at all. It almost feels as if the death is completely forgotten about in the area. During a 2007 interview with Detective Don Curl, he mentioned police have more evidence that can be tested to help further further the investigation, but as of now, in 2021, nothing has been done with it. So he made that statement in 2007 to the South Bend Tribune, and it's now 2021. And they haven't done anything since. Yes, and he just said, I suspect there's evidence. That can be tested but to further the investigation, but they haven't. It or looking for it? They're or... just not progressing the case any. If there is this evidence that the detective that was working on the case, if that is true, that there is extra evidence, where is that evidence? What is being done with it? Because as you know, being someone that's into true crime, the longer they wait, that evidence is going to just disappear at some point. Oh, it yeah, happens it's be all a the time. Fire, or it's going to get thrown away. Yep. Or... yep. That's. That's really weird. I know. Dean Rouch of the Lunar Echo newspaper in Lakeville told the South Bend Tribune that he's disappointed with the lack of outrage from the town of Lakeville. He contributes the lack of traffic with the case in two th- to two things. Larry has more was more of a loner, and when he was out and about, it, it was usually South Bend or he was traveling the country for his business. And two, the town's disapproval of Larry's sexuality. Rouch is quoted as saying, there's no real public outrage. If this was an elderly woman or someone's grandma, somebody would be screaming about this murder. If it was an 11-year-old girl, there would be yellow ribbons all over the town still. But generally, no one cares. I think it's sad. I had never heard about it. Yeah, and you've lived here your entire life. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, considering that there's only three listed on the official website... How is there not a cold case unit looking into these three cases? Yep. That seems a little like where are where are they allocating all this money? Exactly, they can't allocate a little bit towards that. To yeah, that's crazy. The other two are much much earlier too, so it's like yeah, those ones are older cases. Yeah. so I can understand why they're struggling with those. But this was two thousand three. Yeah. This is not that long ago. We were eleven years old, so it's like that. That doesn't seem that far away. It doesn't seem that long ago. Yeah, no. Larry's mother, Wanda, passed away in 2017 without any answers as to who took her son's life. Larry's remaining siblings and friends still don't have answers. His friend Jennifer wrote into the local newspaper stating a quote from Larry, Appreciate, communicate, and validate your friends and family always. And I thought that was so sweet. Yeah, that's nice. (laughs) The biggest concern with this case is the lack of evidence and lack of any leads. I feel like this allows the suspect to literally be anyone. So, my opinions on potential theories on what happened to Larry and and who did this. Now, these are just my opinions based on what I've read about the case. Um, Could it have been an antique deal gone wrong? That's highly probable. Yeah, there's big money in in antique. Well, and who knows the networking that's gone on with this. And especially if it's he doesn't have a brick-and-mortar store. 
he's just doing it out of his home. Alone. People now. are going to, yeah, alone. And people are going to know where he's li- living mm-hmm. if they're coming and going from his own home. Yeah. Um, after talking to someone who lives in the area, who I won't be naming to keep their privacy, rumors in the town suggest it was one of two people. Someone close to Larry or a bad de- antique deal out of Chicago. Larry worked with a lot of people. I asked this person who has been a lifelong resident of Lakeville if there was a brick-and-mortar store for Larry's business, and from what they remember, he did all of his trading and selling out of his home. Who was it? Can you whisper in my ear? I'll tell you later. (laughs) You don't know him. You don't know him. Um, Which coincides with the fact that his neighbors kept seeing trucks coming and going several times a week with loads of uh, pieces that Larry was buying and selling. So that makes sense that it was out of his home. Like I said, I don't, I don't know for sure because there was nothing about it, but I don't think he had a store based off. It wasn't reported anywhere. And this person that had lived there their entire life, they said that they don't believe they had a store. Yeah. I want to know is what, how the cops handled the initial investigation, like of his home. Yeah. Did they even, they probably didn't even do anything. Well, there was no sign of a struggle. I mean, what could they do? If you I hear know, any I mouth mean, noises, guess, Shaka has, Ashley's dog Shaka has her mouth right up on yeah, the microphone. Yeah, she's, she's right here. <laughs> um, I guess I mean more like after the body was found, after they found him mm-hmm. in the crawl space. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's just not. Which here's another thing. I saw, I don't remember which article it was, but. Most of the articles stated that Daryl and Dick had found him, but there was one article that said that firefighters found him, which is weird because why were the firefighters, why would they be there? So I don't, I think that was some misinformation and miscommunication somewhere. Yeah. So I believe there was a mouth noise. Shaka. (laughs) Um, So another theory. Which this one is just pulling it out of thin air because... Yeah, your theories, right? Yes, these okay. are my theories. Just any possible, any possible anything. Um, that it could be an angry lover that no one knew about, which is highly unlikely. There was, There's no proof of that. We're just literally going off of ideas. Um, Larry was insanely heartbroken over the loss of Tom. Um, but he could have moved on. Um but considering no family or friends knew of him talking to anyone romantically, and despite Larry being having a low pro- profile, I still think it was very unlikely that this is a theory. Um, could it have been a hate crime? Totally possible. That's what I was going to ask. Growing up in Indiana, we see it all the time, the severe homophobia that occurs in this area. Yeah, it's bad. Now, was there any mention of hate crime? Like, did anybody mention hate crime in any of the articles that you read? Uh, the newspaper. They the newspaper did? Yeah. The Southern mm-hmm. Tribune? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So they mentioned that it could possibly be, like, hate well, crime. It, no, they didn't say motivation. this could be motivated by hate crime. But Larry, uh, excuse me, not Larry Rouch, but um, the Rouch, the guy who works for the Echo newspaper mm-hmm. in Lakeville, he stated that he thinks... Yeah, but he seems to be the opinionated one and, you know, yeah. the only person he speaking out. Yeah. 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 Um. It's heartbreaking seeing that people are harassed and belittled for their sexuality. That literally has nothing been, nothing to do with anyone. And considering Larry was known to be bullied and ridicule, ridiculed for being gay, I think this could be something that needs to be considered. Yeah, that's definitely high up on my list. Yeah. So some other questions I have in regards to this case that I couldn't find answers for were, um, where was his vehicle? And... Was it there when his family and cops went to his home? I'm assuming no, since his family stated 
the man who was pounding at the door the night he went missing was suspected of using his vehicle to run antiques into Michigan. The only issue with that is why didn't the police report his truck missing? Um, where are his dogs? His dogs. <laughs> oh, Shaka. Speaking of dogs. Oh, She's like, what is going on? Am I being too loud for you, Shaka? Are you getting a little amped up, honey? Um, where are his dogs? His dogs were his whole world. You know how loyal dogs are. They wouldn't just leave Larry. They weren't in the home. They were never reported, as far as I know, as being strays or turned into the Humane Society or other animal resources. And this seems like a case of someone who took them before or after Larry was murdered. I'm suspecting before. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely, they had to have taken them. Because yeah, before, because they would have protected Larry. Um, well, it depends on what kind of, do you know what kind of breeds they were? Uh, no, I, I don't. I mean, they could be chihuahuas, you know. Yeah, that's, well, still, chihuahuas are mean. Yeah, they can be vicious. <laughs> um... But, yeah, considering the relationship Larry and his dogs had, they probably would have attacked the person who was attacking Larry. We've seen that in other cases where an intruder will give treats or let the dogs out of the house before attacking their victim or even killing the animals before they... But there was no... There was yeah, nothing. that's strange. Um, the person who killed Larry knew about that trap door. My question is, was the desk and rug always there? Or was it moved... After they killed him. Oh, yeah. like he actually had his desk in a different area of the house. Yes. And they put it there to cover the door. Yep. <gasps> oh, yep. diabolical. Considering his family and friends didn't know about the trap door that led into the crawl space, we're led to believe that it was hidden before his death, which begs to ask, who all knew about that door and that crawl space? We know. So we know the obvious ones. Yes. Daryl is the only you living know, person that knew where that trap door was. But like I said... Could the killer have moved that after he killed well, them to they, cover that up? Did they use it for storage? Like, I mean, because if it was, how how big is it? Like, I know a crawl space is very big, but when you get into it, it can be a room almost. Yeah. I don't, I the house is like a little like, bungalow, so I don't think it was very big. I'll say I think it was just a small down there crawl space. And, you know, went and got it while they had company. Yeah, I don't know. That's There's so little information about this case, it's sickening. Yeah, that's frustrating. That is so strange. Yeah. Hey, they think about them moving the desk. Mm -hmm. Another observation I have is there was no signs of an attack within the home itself. They couldn't determine cause of death, so this leads me to believe that he was strangled to death. There was nothing around his neck, so they didn't use something. So was he strangled by someone's hand? If so, this is a crime of passion and very personal, considering how long it takes for someone to die by strangulation and having to physically look at that person the entire time. Who hated Larry so much that they were willing to attack him so violently and hatefully? And another thing, since there was no sign of blood everywhere, did they clean up after? Because there was blood on Larry. Yeah, unless, I mean, unless it didn't happen at the house, but I can't imagine. Because with the truck coming and going, he could have... Yeah, and he had neighbors all around him. I mean, it happened at night, and from my understanding, the people that live around him are, are older... But still, like... Yeah, Lakeville's small. Like, you, you, you keep know. an eye out. You see things. Yeah, exactly. So, they couldn't... I mean, when they, had, when they do forensics, they can tell if somebody was shot. They've never disclosed. They said they, they didn't know how he died. There was no cause of death. So, I'm assuming that they can rule out a shot. Like yeah, or like shot. a blunt force trauma. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So My yeah, strangulation or poisoning or... 
carbon dioxide or something. Well, be. clearly there was a struggle because he has the person's right, blood yeah. on them and his the, the person's hair. I'm assuming strangulation. Based off everything, I know that's an assumption and I'm not a qualified professional to make that kind of judgment. But I'm assuming it was strangulation by hand since there was nothing around his neck. Yeah, that makes the most sense. And he fought them off. This is a this is a crime of passion. He, somebody was mad at Larry. Somebody didn't like him. Somebody was pissed off at him mm-hmm. for something. So, um, what is this extra evidence that the detective of for the case at the time, Don Curl, stated was possibly available? Why hasn't it been tested after 18 years? We see this a lot. The evidence is available and just left to sit. And after so many years, the case has been essentially forgotten about. Yeah, it's like they, I mean, something else takes precedence and it just has to go on the back burner. Yep. Yep. And we've seen this time and time again that public outcry can get cases moving. And I've never heard of this case after living close to it for most of my life. I think if we start asking questions and talking about Larry again, we can give him the rest he deserves and get his murderer off the streets. If you have any type of want to help this case, please contact the Bremen Police State Post which is the department handling the case by telephone at 574-546-4900 or send them a letter. Um, you can label it Indiana State Police um, Detective. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> you can send a letter to the Indiana State Police and District Investigative Commander at 1425 Miami Trail, Bremen, Indiana, 46506. Be sure to include Larry's full name, Lawrence Howard Groves, his case number 2424378, when it happened, January 28th of 2003, and where the crime occurred in Lakeville, Indiana, and a statement on why you believe this case should be reopened and reevaluated. If enough of us push to get this moving, we could possibly see Larry get the closure he, his family, and his friends all deserve. Yeah, let's do it, people. It wasn't that long ago. Everybody's still here. It wasn't that long ago. Somebody knows something. Mm-hmm. I also encourage you to contact WSBT, ABC 57, and WNDU, which are the local news stations for Lakeville. They can be contacted via their website, or I'm sure even a post on face- the fa- their Facebook pages could help open their eyes to Larry and his unsolved murder. If you have any tips that could lead to help solving this case, please contact 574-546-4900. That's the Indiana um, Bremen State Police Post. Or 1-800-552-552. Two nine five nine. Yeah, if we can get a little momentum going, maybe they would do something like on the reopen it. Yeah, because it's, it's right around it's the corner. It's been eighteen years. I also wanted to include some resources for hate crimes, um, considering four out of five LGBTQ victims are are excuse me, considering four out of five LGBTQ members are victims of hate crimes in some form. If you or someone you love is a victim of prejudice, this is a crime and should be reported to either local authorities or by contacting the FBI directly at 1-800-225-5324. I really, truly believe that if we work together, this case can no longer be cold and be brought back to the forefront of people's minds in our area. Do you have any thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. I actually was making a list of questions. Were you? (laughs) But... You are. You did answered I answer every some of them? single okay. one of them. I oh, swear. Okay. So you did good. Yeah, it was about the size of the cross base and the DNA if they ever ran it against anything, and then if if uh, it was like a hate crime or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I really, truly, in my gullet, 
think that it was a <laughs> in my gullet. I think it was a business deal gone bad. I think somebody was really pissed off at Larry for something. Those are the top two. It's either that, and if it's that, that would mean it would be some obscure person out of, like, Chicago or a surrounding mm-hmm. city to where that would make it next to impossible to yeah. solve. But because his dealings, I mean, I guess if he kept good documentation mm-hmm. of all his dealings, mm-hmm. they could run the DNA against those people. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, it's either that or hate crime. Those are the only well, two. Well, and anymore, there's a whole database for DNA that has that. DNA been submitted to that database to run, you know what Oh, I'm like against about? people that like have been arrested? Yeah. Is it is it called CODIS or is that just CODIS. fingerprints? Yep. I think it is CODIS. Yeah, I, I think, think it's CODIS, CODIS is correct. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask if they ran it through CODIS, but I wasn't sure if it was just for fingerprints or actual DNA. It's so all DNA. I was like, I don't want to sound stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think, yeah. I, yeah. They, which is another thing that I think maybe if more people spoke out about this case... And shared it. Oh, Shaka, it's okay. Um, that we could get them to to put that into CODIS and be able to possibly solve this murder. Yeah, it's probably a lot of paperwork and money and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But if nobody's talking about it, it's and like I said, over and over again, we see these cases that they start getting talked about again. More people know about it. And it's brought to the forefront because of people, the, I don't want to say popularity, but the popularity of it. Yeah. Golden State mm-hmm. Killer. That was only solved because, what, is Michelle McNamara and mm-hmm. Paul Holes? Paul Holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to speak with more confidence. I knew his name was Paul Holes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's been working for 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I know. And this is such a strange murder i mean he was literally hidden in his house and nobody knew about him his family was walking on top of him and had no idea and we've not heard about it i can't get past that i've never heard of this case in so many of these cases that we've looked into and talked about amongst each other we've never heard of them until we started looking into it yeah it blows my mind that that guy he's the perfect suspect going Uh to and from the house using his truck the way he acted when he was i can't believe He changed his DNA to get out of it. <laughs> How did he do that? You're so dumb. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the case of uh, Lawrence Howard Grove. That's a doozy. Yeah. All right, guys. Be sure to follow, like, rate, and subscribe. Don't be afraid to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts or even your opinions on our social media pages. You help us get better. If you have any questions or want to share anything with us, feel free to email it, email us at murdnerds at gmail.com or contact us through our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok are all at murdnerds and our Twitter is at murdnerdspod. We want to hear from you. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.